What's up, beautiful people? This is Hanifa Walida. This is Red Summer. And we are your gay aunties. We are here <laughs> if you are needing of any advice in life, love, sex, career, you name it. You can always holler at us at your gay aunties at gmail.com or on Instagram at your gay aunties. Oh, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, girl. How is it going? What is good? Um, everything is going all right. I actually am in the midst of my self care season. Wrapping mm-hmm. it up. <laughs> 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 uh, wrapping it up. I I had to. Um, I had a really rough year, like school year last year, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um. I worked really hard and and I didn't see the fruits of my labor, right? And so, mm. you know, sometimes when you work for something and it doesn't work out, like you can go into this, like you can do depression, you can do like where you beat yourself up about things not working right. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can handle disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. This year, I chose self-care. Mm. (laughs) that is an option as well it's definitely an option and um it was interesting what I intended that to look like and what it ended up looking like right so I started off with um with planning a bunch of trips for myself right Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know I've been you know all over uh during the summer and just really trying to enjoy my time. Um, But it got me to thinking about some things that um, I guess some issues that were pressing for me early on that I kind of wanted to um, just talk about uh, with the children, not too (laughs) (laughs) before you really, you know, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, that's what we're going to try and get into today. Um, I wouldn't say I'm going into self-care season. I feel like self-care for me is an ebb and flow process-based um, experience. Mm, okay. Um, and I can go into it, you know, uh, with that. But yeah, let's just dive in. We are talking about, you know, self-care. Um, I mean, we can modify that with queer self-care, what have you as, you know, just layering on a marginalized crap too. But at the end of the day, <laughs> every human being has to wrestle with and and uh, deal with and handle and define what self-care means to them, like really, really means to them and how to um, uh, bring that into their life in, in a somewhat consistent uh, um, basis. So we're going to try and talk about some of the ways that both me and Red have done that for ourselves mm-hmm. um, and continue to learn how to do that. <laughs> right. right. I'm put that out there. You're in process, right? Exactly, exactly. So, speaking of self care, I actually just came back from working out. Um, yes. So, I'm, I, I need to eat my, 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 my food. So, I'm going to let you go first <laughs> and I'm going to listen and I'm going to put it on mute so y'all don't hear me munching, but I got to get some nutrients in me because I definitely sweated it out. Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Well, so one thing that, that, um, it's interesting too, because I already thought about talking about this before this reminder even came up for me. 
um, I was just kind of playing around on uh, social media, just avoiding working because, you know, in my mind, it's still summer. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I saw this post that was saying, like, uh, the sister was saying that she just realized that a lot of people avoid their healing because they don't have much other than their trauma. Wow, well said. Right? And I remembered coming to that realization, um, especially as an artist, um, a lot of my work in the beginning was around my trauma. And um, I was in a in a space where that was definitely celebrated, where like confronting it was necessary. And I do appreciate that having that safe space to work through those things. So like a lot of my work was around being a survivor. And um, I went to this sweat lodge one year. <laughs> God bless the sweat lodge. <laughs> and, Interjection. Yes. And I went in the sweat lodge and I got rid of the trauma, like magic. Like, I don't even know. I don't know. I just came out and I was good. Right. Okay. Now, first of all, we can, and I don't want to digress. I don't want to go into a tangent, but I want to make sure we circle back around with that particular um, way of addressing trauma, yeah. the sweat lodge, <laughs> you know, because um, yeah. I've been in a sweat lodge a few times too. And I remember my first time in particular, and it was an experience that was undeniable. But I, we can circle back mm-hmm. to that. I'm going to let you keep going with that. Yeah. And so even the taking the step to get in the sweat lodge because of what um, work I was supposed to do in there was, uh, was radical self-care. Because even saying that, like, I am prepared to get past my trauma and move towards healing. Like just that step was, I don't know, was bravery, I guess, in some kind of way. And so I did the sweat lodge and I did my work in there. And when I came out, like I didn't want to be just a survivor anymore. And I definitely didn't want to go into stages all over the world and relive my trauma over and over and over and over again. I understood how important it was to do that work because when I would go to different, you know, to different shows, I would stay after and talk to the audience and people would gift me their traumas as well. Right. (laughs) Talk about it. And so I'm there unloading and then I get reloaded with other people's trauma and then we both congratulate ourselves on surviving right and that was the circle and the the cycle that I was in in my work for a long time but after I did this this sweat lodge like I didn't want to continue that process because I I just felt like I was ready to do something else right (laughs) And then that was a scary thing 
because my whole career at that point had been based on being traumatized. So like, who am I now? Like, what do I, what do I write about now? What do I talk about now? (laughs) Like, Who's going to invite me to come speak if I'm not speaking about my trauma? (laughs) And I had to just give myself permission to figure that out, to be something other than um, other than what I had been. Go ahead. Well, let me let me I'm going to ask you this. Um, I'm curious when you when your work was primarily about your trauma. What was your self care like in doing that? In living out, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, I yes. too quickly. Um, <laughs> what was your <laughs> what was your process in dealing with literally, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. literally performing the trauma on stage, and then like you were saying earlier, and I want to really speak to how cultural workers not only have to receive and work through their own trauma on stage, but also prepare to receive other people's reaction to it or receive other people's trauma. Like, how did you deal with all of that? Even before you moved on to saying, well, who am I now if I'm not speaking about my trauma? Because there's still a lot of people who do work or work with trauma or who, whether they realize it or not, (laughs) you know, as cultural workers and, you know, maybe you can speak on that. Yeah, I think that's um, some of what we do the most, right? (laughs) Um, Especially people who are doing work in the LGBT community, um, even if you're doing uh, medical work, like (laughs) you're working around trauma. If you're doing um, um, mental health work, then you're working around trauma and, you know, the, the different things that happen to people in our communities. And so you carry a lot of those stories, a lot of those burdens with you. And yeah, so like, what do you do to not um, feel that weight all the time? Mm. Um, Honestly, I probably did not have the best uh, methods initially. Like I was drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Uh And and when you Mm -hmm. hear, when you hear the stories that I was hearing, I'm like, all right, Uh y'all, like, who want to go get a drink? Like, (laughs) all right, let's go to the party. And I was using a lot of that to, to get the weight off of me. Mm. Um, And Mm. I didn't realize that, you know, I could have been creating a much weightier situation <laughs> for myself if I didn't know how to to handle that. And so mm. I you know, I think it's important to note that a lot of times um uh in our community like there's all these um uh, what do you call them? surveys, not surveys, like what's what is it after you finish the survey? These results, these these uh, results, yeah, yeah, uh the stats, statistics right. blah blah blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's say that like um Black lesbians especially smoke more than anybody else in the LGBT community, drink Word. more than, <laughs> than other people, because yeah. we have a lot of that tendency to, to be caregivers, you know, 
naturally. Mm. And so because mm. we're we're taking on all of our friends' problems and, and all of our own problems and all of the problems of the community and the people, and, you know, we're doing all of that, then we don't have methods in our arsenal to care for ourselves where. I think it's beautiful that I'm seeing more and more um, Black women doing yoga and eating well and going to the gym, like you were saying, <laughs> and really like getting into those things because it was something that was missing for a long time, right? You know, this this is really interesting. I guess this, this to kind of uh, speak to a different side of it. Like I'm someone who really... I haven't engaged in many vices in my life. Like most folks who know me know that I don't drink. Well, I don't say I don't drink. I rarely drink. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So that was never a go-to um, for me. Um, I did smoke, but it wasn't where I felt I needed to. You know, I was more like a binge smoker, and yeah. then I was done. Like I, I didn't need to smoke every single day. So I dealt somewhat with it, mm-hmm. with the binge smoking, but really the how I, I did it, and I wouldn't say it was a healthy way, but I would disassociate. So, it, you know, I would perform, when I'm performing, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm living out something. I'm kind of in this ether space, this, this other kind of mm-hmm. dimension or whatever. Outer and body. then, abs- <laughs> yeah, outer body type of thing, you know, um, but, uh, and after, you know, like, I guess, I actually, you people is a really good example. When I was touring you people in the screening, you know, um, I would get a lot of different responses, you know, from that. And, you know, some of it was pretty heavy and I was there to hold that space for people. Sometimes literally hold some people up. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in that, um, this is no disrespect for, folks who interacted with me and during that time, but I disassociated with that. So I could have that space. I could literally be some arms. I can literally hold someone, but I'm not taking in their shit. Yeah. Like literally, you know, there was this, this invisible wall between your chest and mine when we hugged. Cause I know how you was coming at me. There was a lot of pain in that. And I quite honestly, I didn't want to take much of that in, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and sometimes I would even literally block people shake my hands and they want to go into hug. I would, depending on what their energy was, I would kind of lock arms where they couldn't come all the way in because it was somewhat disprotecting myself from whatever that trauma that they were experiencing through my art, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so mine was most of a disassociation thing, but disassociation is not necessarily the better thing, especially when you're dealing with your own trauma and living in the world. Because then that can kind of go a go-to and then you don't wind up engaging the way that you need to, to actually deal and transform, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so then you're in this space where you forget how to reconnect, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where you get so mm-hmm. used to being distant that you don't know how to, how to be intimate, like, and not just like sexually intimate, but like real, you know, people are really um sharing their lives with you and you're in that protective space still right mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. and so and that's whether it's whether it's total strangers or your partner or your friends you know um i think and this is even outside of if you're a performer or not but the habits the coping mechanisms that you adopt either from childhood or you consciously adopt them as an adult um 
it's so important to really unpack and to make sure that it's both healthy for you and those around you, because that will be your go-to almost to an unconscious level. And then that will also connect to you not being able to engage in other ways because Mm -hmm. you're used to going to this space, whatever it is to deal with how, whatever life, you know, throws your way. Um, That's why that's essentially when we say, what is your self care is like, how do I deal with the stuff that I cannot control? I cannot control the stuff that gets thrown at me. I cannot control the situations I may find myself in all the time. You know, I cannot, you know, control whether I keep my job or not or blah, 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 blah. I mean, you can do whatever you want in the world, but you still can control everything that comes back to you or comes towards you. You know, all you can do is look at it. Um, see what's in it for you, what you can learn from it. This is not where I'm at now. <laughs> what you can learn, <laughs> what you can learn from it and find, you know, the, the, cause there's power in everything, even in trauma and tragedy, there's power to be found. There's treasure in there somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that treasure is how you react to it. That treasure is where, you know, you take something that on the outside don't look or feel that good at all, but you allow yourself to go through the motions to deal with it so that what you are on the other side is something better than you were before it even happened. Right. You know, so at the end of the day, life is not really here to hurt you permanently. (laughs) <laughs> it just throws transform it throws little transformation biscuits at you, rocks at you sometimes upside your head, you know, and and it's really about reaction. Life is about how you react to it. That's good. You know, if that makes any sense, I hope. Yeah. I I appreciate that. And especially in like the in the part of like you cannot control everything that that's going to happen. <laughs> Not much at all, actually. But you can't control how long you let what happened hurt you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and you can and you can control how you're dealing with it literally while you're dealing with it. I mean, I'm gonna give a really soft, soft, soft example. All right. <laughs> Even last night, you know, uh, you know, me and, and and my lady were here in the house just watching a movie whatever. And all of a sudden we heard this siren. Now, mind you, I'm on the 17th floor of my building, mm-hmm. right? We heard this siren in the hallway. It's like, what the fuck is that? And then we listened and it was like, emergency, emergency, everyone evacuate the building. I'm like, what? Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> you know, right, exactly, right? And so I opened my door and we, we see people coming out of the apartments. And I'm like, when I first got this apartment, the one thing I thought about was like, I'm on the 17th floor of this big, because essentially it's the top floor. I was like, God forbid there's a fire. I'm fucked, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a fire oh. in the fucking building, right? <laughs> now, you could choose to freak the fuck out. You can choose to freeze. What we chose to do, I calmly collected my wallet, my phone, my keys, and my laptop. Everything else can be replaced, but I need that shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't smell no smoke, so I knew I had at least a little time to get the bare essentials, mm-hmm. okay? I put my, and I, I, I slipped my shoes on with my bare feet, and I grabbed some socks because I had to wait outside for a while because I don't like waiting with sweaty feet. I know this is crazy, <laughs> yeah. but, you know. But what I, 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 this is funny, and then we, we ran down the steps as quickly and methodically as possible. So not so fast, we'll bust our ass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
but fast and really determined and, and intentional. And you, you get smelling your surroundings. Okay, I don't smell any smoke, so that's not immediate urgency. Right. The staircase is okay, it's safe. And I'm using this very soft, soft, soft example is that people could have reacted very different ways to sirens, to what essentially is the entire building of 500 units being alerted that we need to exit. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the very top floor. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that soft example, because in all the way down, I'm praying all the way down. I'm like, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's okay. People are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all right. Focus. Right. Yeah. And once we got down, finally, <laughs> <laughs> to the lobby, we found out that somebody just left their oven on, but it was enough smoke to set off the major alarm. So not just the apartment alarm, but like, you know, the whole building alarm. Right. Yeah. But the firemen were there and all was good. But it's it's a practice. I know that maybe earlier in my life that I probably would have reacted a lot more crazy. You know, um, I wouldn't, I probably would have flew down the stairs and I know my clumsy ass, I probably would have bust my ass, you know, and this is, I know this is a crazy, you're probably like, what kind of fucking example is this? <laughs> but I'm saying when, when you practice finding peace and reacting to what life throws your way, mm. um, it's easier to be peaceful in whatever life throws your way. You know, you don't have to react over the top. You can react in a very focused and intentional way to either literally save your physical being or save or at least protect your emotional being. If you make it a practice, a first a knowingness that you can't control everything in life. And then the practice of whatever shit does come your way, it's like, woof, okay, this is something. <laughs> okay, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. Do I just react like for who? There's no audience here. No one needs to see me scream. Why should I even scream? Why should I bug out? What do I need to do to react to this in a way that I can come out on the other side? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to start with my examples. For some reason, I'm like, such a... <laughs> <laughs> Well, what it's making me think about is like the once you have experienced trauma, then you have uh, fears associated with reliving that trauma exactly and so you might be walking around (laughs) re-traumatizing yourself and other people around you when you don't take the time to actively heal from that experience right so Mm -hmm. every time and Mm -hmm. i'm um my my best friend said something to me when she was um starting a new relationship she just said Oh, it just felt so familiar. I had to get out of there. Mm. <laughs> and this, you know, the new person that she was talking to sounded like, you know, was saying some of the same things that the last person said. And her, you know, your fight or flight <laughs> right, jumps in, right? Um, whether that's the case or not. Mm, right mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. person can yeah, just, just like that. Yeah. you know have just say that same saying that the person you know would have said like yeah man and you that I, that's it that's enough to trigger you you are absolutely in fight or flight like you're out right um which it which speaks to how you know but 
the person, this new person you're with is not that older person. So you've been trained to hear that when someone says these words, you're going to not just hear the words, but you're going to hear it within context of someone else other than that person. So in that situation, you know, that's when you have to pause. And I actually recently went through this. Um, You have to pause and say, okay, am I actually reliving something? Or is this an opportunity to actually hear, to be present with someone new who is not that person, you know? So, so then I can start retraining my mind and not for nothing, my body mm-hmm. to receive new, new energy, you know? Um, and that's important. So you don't repeat and you don't want to being attracted to maybe some of the same toxicity you might've experienced in the past, mm-hmm. but you have first have to really unpack whoever you're with to see if it truly is that same toxicity or you're just reacting from what your brain and your body is, is used to hearing and experiencing, but it not necessarily is that. Right. And not saying that it's not right <laughs> because you may have been, creating and drawing in some of that that same familiar energy you know because that's what you've become accustomed to through that trauma right that we don't you know have the ability to keep recreating those things we definitely do and so I think the part that you said is so important about taking that time to take stock in what's happening to really be honest with um with ourselves and each other about what this is and what this isn't so Mm -hmm. that we don't keep um, carrying, carrying these situations as if they are something in the past or recreating Mm. what we had in the past because we haven't taken the time to learn to do anything else. I (laughs) say exactly. No, exactly. You know, um, Another um, example or, yeah, uh, a scenario of like self-care is the connection between mind and body and um, how that flows in both directions. So we all can obviously relate to that when you're unhealthy, either eating unhealthy shit or, you know, um, not exercising um, or or taking in whatever sort of vices for whatever reasons, how that can affect or exacerbate a negative mental state. And also how mentally you can be damaged or gone to trauma and that'll immediately affect your body. Like your body will manifest the physical representation of whatever trauma you're going through, you know, and that can be everything from, you know, breaking out in hives to something more severe like cancer. And it can happen immediately and it can happen over time, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, and, you know, and when you're younger, you know, you can beat your body up a little bit more and you can bounce back a lot quicker, but let me testify (laughs) that you got, Enjoy your 20s, because as soon as you get over <laughs> whatever 30 means in a human span of life, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you're going to talk about science, <laughs> yeah. you know, your scar tissue, do you start developing scar tissue, you know, from how you beat your body up, you're not going to bounce back as quickly. And that's when you start becoming really protective of your body. And you start, you get really like body conscious when you get older, because you're like, shit. 
I fell down. It took me a long time for me to stop limping. I mean, <laughs> you know, or that hangover, that shit lasts in two days now. It ain't lasting a couple of hours. I can't jump back up and go back outside the next, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, so yeah, exactly. So the body, you know, when you're young, honestly, I think it's, it's supposed to be resilient in that way because that's when you are figuring out stuff. That's when you are going to make maybe not the best decisions and maybe put yourself in physical situations where you're going to need to fight <laughs> or fly the fuck out of there and you might hurt yourself or whatever. And you need to have something in there to kind of come back from it, to survive it, literally, <laughs> you know, but that don't take that for granted. And the earlier you start training your body to kind of take those blows or to, um, develop a physical resilience to life, um, then, and I mean, I, I say this because I know people who are, in a, you know, who are really, really physically fit and have been in car accidents and the trauma that was inflicted on their body was a hell of a lot less and their recovery was a hell of a lot quicker than someone who wasn't particularly exercising every day. You know what I mean? The body is something, the body and the mind rather is something that needs to be trained. Nothing is a fucking given. Mm -hmm. Whatever you tell your brain and your body to do, that's what it's going to do. Period. Yeah. End of story. You know? Um, and again, back to the whole, as far as the other, from the other direction, the trauma that's that's put on you, you know, um, if you don't exercise that out of your system, and, or at least to transform it into something that is, it is healthier, then it will. I guarantee you. I promise you. Um no hocus pocus, it will manifest in a physical way. How that manifests, I don't know. Yeah. But your body will take that shit in and it will figure out a way for it to manifest in physically, whether it's internally or externally. And you're wondering, you know, why you, whether it's something, you know, like why you're having these constant headaches or, you know, why your body is kind of just continually or always achy or always having an upset stomach or always gaseous or you're breaking out or you all this shit is all about, um, you know, your, your mind state and what you're training your body to take in and transform into whatever the fuck is going to transform it into. And not letting it out. Right. So if you're talking yeah. all these toxins and you're not getting rid of them, then your body is holding them. Your body is storing yep. them. Your body is building them up and they, they manifest in whatever those ways are, whether it's illness, whether it's, um, you know, pains and, and, and things like that. Um, so that's, that's an absolute, right. They say that, you know, energy is not destroyed. It's just transferred. Right. Oh yes, right. transferred and transformed. Right. <laughs> that shit don't go nowhere. So that's what again. That's where you're paralyzed. It's going to have to transfer somewhere, and it's going to have, or it's going to have to transform into something. But that's where you're paralyzed. Mm -hmm. You can tell it where to go or what to become. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's your power. No one has power over that. You know what I mean? That's that's you and you yourself. You know. And so, like this. Summer, part of my experience was that one rest, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't go, 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 go and not rest. So I was giving myself permission to sleep, to wake up slowly, to mm. not wake up with stress of, oh my God, I gotta, 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 right? <laughs> Waking up in a peaceful place, thinking, 
praying, giving thanks, like that kind of thing, um, eating well, but also mm-hmm. I had um, emotional self-care that I had to, to do, like emotional work, right? So sometimes, well, especially because it's it's been such a long time since I've been like um, on the scene, so to speak, or like really in my creative space, I, I made time to to come here and to to get into the the work back into the workforce uh, full time and and to take on the responsibilities of of teaching again and and everything that comes with that and so my creative life was on the back burner. Mm. <laughs> and even when my my wife was like, well, why don't you you know why don't you go here? Why don't you blah blah blah? Like I'm just like no, like it's ah like. It's, it wasn't time, right? <laughs> or I just wasn't feeling it. And I wasn't, I, I was making a lot of excuses, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Girl, talk about I it. really didn't feel inspired. Um, so <clears throat> much that's happening um, that I would normally react to with my art that I wasn't. Mm. So all of the Mm. You know, children being killed and, and the police violence and like all of this stuff. And I would normally be on it. Keyboard, just rocking, type, 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 type. <laughs> I didn't and I wasn't. And, you know, a lot of it was that that feeling of myself like, hey, like this might have to be like this is the young people's game. Like you got to be willing to step out and like let them like you you had your time where you were, were on it. You did your work very well. Like, OK, like move into something else. Um, and I, I rationalized that um, mm, I also mm. to terms with um, myself as an artist at this part of my life. Like, what does my art look like? What does it mean to me? And how much he mm. suffers when I don't honor that part of myself. Okay, I got to interject. I'm sorry, because this is speaking to me so deeply, you know, um, um, you know, whether people are aware enough, like, you know, most folks know me as, you know, a performer. The stage is where I live. I know I was born to do it. The first time I stepped on stage as a six-year-old, I saw the white light and I knew, right? So... I recently, um, I say I re, I semi-retired um, from the stage. Really what I did is I retired from touring because touring was mentally draining for me to the point where I felt like I could not, I couldn't rein in my mental health. And that was scaring me, right? So now, you know, I was like, well, who the fuck? <laughs> who am I? Am I, if I am not on stage or who am I if I'm not facilitating creating some sort you know of art and I've been in this space of like okay I gotta sh- I gotta shift gears um you know what I do for a living is somewhat of a creative outlet but it's not pure like creativity like you said like reacting to you know how the world is and everything that kind of like pure thing I'm compelled to write about something I'm compelled to create a work of art because of the world the way the world is impacting me blah 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 mm-hmm. right and so I have been the same conversation you've been having with yourself like you know giving my telling myself excuses like okay well as soon as I get like my business up and going then I'll just handle that creative shit I'll do something and da 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 and I felt like I was placating or minimizing how important it is for me to create 
you know, um, and, and this is even not just me, you know, whatever your art is, because I truly believe that art is not what you do, but how, you know, um, whatever your art is in the world, if you're not doing that in some sort of intentional and regular way, practiced way, then it is going to affect your mental health. You know, but here, here is how you can uh, just going back to our original uh, uh, conversation of transform transforming um, how what life may hit you with. I was blessed. I'm going to say blessed um, because recently um, one of my oldest and dearest um, friends passed, um, transitioned um, from her journey with cancer, and I mean it was it was heartbreaking. You know, this is you know I don't I, I don't have I have I would say I have three people in my life that are like the main three bitches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the main three bitches. <laughs> and she was one of them. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, it was a big deal, but what came through that, she was also a creative collaborator um, and my stage homie, you know? And so what came through that was an opportunity, a play that we had written some years ago to re- we had always talked about revisiting it, but of course, putting it off, putting, putting it off, whatever life happens. And so one of her last wishes was for me to take that on. And so now I've been blessed with this opportunity t- to intentionally go into creative mode. So it is like, it's consuming me in that way that, um, uh, art is supposed to, con- and I haven't felt that in a long yeah. time, you know, and I wasn't doing it on my own. So this is one of the last gifts that my good friend gave me um, in more ways than maybe she even could understand, but I'm sure understands now, you know? So honoring, first of all, coming to understand what is your art, whatever that is, whether it's community organizing, whether it's accounting, I don't give a fuck what it is, whatever gives you your high, <laughs> that, you know, that gives you yeah. your voice, that, you know what I mean? The thing that you feed momentum, I want to speak about momentum, you know, um, that, that is your art because it's, and it's how you do it is your art, right? So if you're not addressing that, if you're not practicing that in some way every day, that is going to impact your mental yeah. health. Yeah. That is, that is going to impact your mental health. Oh my God. And if you haven't found it yet, that's okay. If you 18, 20 something, you're like, I don't know what the fuck that is. That's okay. Then what your art is, is finding that shit. <laughs> what that says, <laughs> your art is how do I find different ways to be fearless, to find out new things, to be curious, to <clears throat> whatever, um, until I find that thing that truly floats my boat. And once you find it, baby, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. And then once you find it, then your responsibility is to maintain it is to feed it, is to nurture it, and not to let anyone, that's the one thing, no one, no one, whether it's your partner, your mama, your dad, whatever, no one is is to compromise that thing that you're meant to do. Because that's the thing that's going to keep you alive. That's the thing that is going, that when you're doing your thing, that's what you're remembered. That's your legacy. That's what, okay, okay. I'm meant to do this in the world and I'm going to do it to the end so that legacy means like, what do you leave in the world once you're gone? How is the world better for, you know, you haven't been there? (laughs) You know what I mean? That's the thing that feeds you and keeps you alive. That's why people like 
freaking um I'm gonna I'm gonna use some real elders, um people like uh Betty White and like George Burns, who smoked a damn cigar every day of cigars every day of his life and lived to a hundred something. You know what right. I mean? You know, Betty White's my bitch. I love that white woman. <laughs> You know, but her laughter and her love and what she's given in the, in the world keeps her like energetic at a nice age of 96. You know what I mean? That's what keeps you alive. It's not even about, about how long you live. It's how you live while you're yeah. living. Yeah. That is, that's the goal, mm. man. Yeah. And it's not always easy. You know, I don't want to like say all this shit and act like I got it all down. Like I got it, you know, worked out. <laughs> you know, I know this stuff theoretically, I know this stuff intellectually, but it's always a struggle to maintain your hands on those reins that is your shit. It's always a, a struggle to uh, keep momentum, you know. Um, momentum's a really good one because I think people think about self-care and they think about goals. Like my goal is to lose 50 pounds or my goal is to build my business or my goal, if I can just do this, but I pump pump. No, your goal is to, yes, to build towards that, but to catch momentum, catch that wind beneath your your, your wings type yeah. of thing. That's the stuff that keeps you alive, momentum, because then you feel like life or the universe is on your side. You don't feel alone when you have momentum. Mm-hmm. And so much speaking to that, that's, that's what I tapped into. Um, and I know that I, like from my own self-analysis, I will excuse myself away from finishing a project or <laughs> like manifesting an idea because, 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 because. So mm. I got an accountability partner. Go ahead. Who, will, who is relentless <laughs> and does not want to hear my bullshit <laughs> or my. And that's hard to find a good accountability partner. That's a skill set, yo. Oh my gosh. Yes. And not only finding the accountability partner was not the first step. It's allowing the partner to hold me accountable. Mm. (laughs) So when Mm. I set an appointment or a schedule, set my schedule with my accountability partner, I have to get over everything in myself that will tell me a good excuse would be this. A good reason not to finish on time would be this, right? I have to silence all that stuff in me and get it done when it's supposed to be done. Not wait for her to call me like, hey, what's up? Where is it? Be like, here it is. You ready? (laughs) Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah really um addressing where those where that procrastination where that type of activity and and behavior comes from right so what are the the fears what are the traumas what are the the things that are um causing me to pause why am i Mm. I not confident in this experience and willing and ready to go forward and create right Ooh, ooh, say say that again. Why am I not confident in this experience? So like you you kind of you you touch on that goodness and then you're like I'm not comfortable. So you kind of retreat a little bit and or basically what they call being mm-hmm. self-destructive. Because you're not comfortable. Like, oh, with it. this isn't what uh it's, it's not good enough, it's not there yet. Knowing and understanding that 
especially if you're writing or painting or whatever it is that you're creating, like you can have drafts, you can start and edit, like (laughs) you can make the thing better later. Like just start, start out, Mm -hmm. get the thing done. And oh my God, don't overthink it, over edit to the point that you never get it out of your hands. Right? Because artists all because artists always edited and in the most part art is edited through interpretation once it's already out there. So don't think that with the art that you create, that's the end all be all art. That's not that's not the nature of art. Art, you as the artist, you create whatever however you interpret life, you create that thing, you put it out there, and then it's then it's experienced by other people and it winds up becoming other yeah. things. That's the nature of yeah. art. So don't don't be so ego centered where you feel like your input is the end all be all and that where to the point where it's almost paralyzing you in in creating it. And again, don't wait for inspiration or motivation. Art happens through practice. So if you ain't got shit to say, one, don't say out loud you ain't got shit to say. Just write. <laughs> yeah. And write every just write every day. Again, muscle memory, brain memory. You have to train your body, your spirit, and your mind. And how you train it is by repetition. That's how the mind works. Repetition, repetition, repetition. So if you are repeatedly saying, I can't do this, or I have no ideas, or I or um I don't know if I can get through this, you know, then then your mind's like, okay. You have no ideas. You have no ideas. You have no ideas. I can't get through this. I can't get through this. I can't. The bishop, the fucking mind ain't nothing but a goddamn machine. It's like a computer. Right? You keep keep saying that, you know, um, I can't do it. The universe will be like, yep, sure can't. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, you push through like I can. Like, let me let me write something. Let me write three lines. Like, let me fi- figure something out. Let me get something done. And the universe will grant you more ideas, more. Like, mm-hmm. The thing that I had to do with this process um, of writing that I'm in now, one, um, I had to create a ritual. Mm. Like when I'm preparing to write. Like I have to, you know, get my mind together. I have to get my space together. I have to, you know, I have to do a whole lot of things where I got to get the temperature right. I got to get you know, all of this stuff together. <laughs> but that's my signal in doing those things to tell, like kickstart my brain. Like, all right, it's time. Like we're, we're doing the thing. It's, you know, it's time to get working. I also, and this is just um, something that was gifted to me from from the ethers from the universe when um I was taking my children to get their stuff for school I saw this um this ball I'm in a gro- in a store we see this dried out ball in the herb section I don't think anything about it I'm getting salts for my bass I just keep on going right. <laughs> then I go to another store and I see this ball again I'm like okay what is this thing it's called a, the Rose of Jericho or Jericho Rose. I never heard about it. But in this one day, I saw it four times. So I go back to the mm. store and get the thing. Right? So what happens is the mm. rose, it's, it's, it's not really a rose, but it's like this herb that's dried up, shriveled up. And you put it in a bowl of water and it rehydrates. So it blooms after um, mm. after it's been dehydrated right? Trading, it dehydrates yeah. it opens back up 
And I set that as my start. Like I'm going to put this thing in the water. It's going to be a signal for me as I'm watching it bloom. It's going to remind me to keep going like this is OK. I might have been out of the game for a minute. I'm back. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I let this I, I externalized it for myself so that I had something that was a reminder not to make my excuses, not to. Uh, Mm-hmm. Not to let the the doubts and the fears and all of those things that are very real and very present let them stop me. Like I have to address yeah. them. I have to figure out, and and it doesn't have to be like you're writing. Why am I not working out? Why am I not painting? Why am I not making music? Why am I not cooking? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, <laughs> is that mm-hmm. is your your passion and your joy? You know, why am I not giving that my full attention and allowing myself to experience the joy that is in this thing for me? <laughs> mm, the joy, finding like the joy, like it doesn't even have to be a product. It doesn't have to be an end product. For me, I'm an artist for the creative process, not necessarily the end product and the gratitude and the old accolades rather. Yeah. It's that the creative process, that's my religion. That's that's the joy. You know what I mean? Um, but I want to I wanna um, speak to a couple of things. Hope we can squeeze it. I mean, look, we can talk about self-care yeah. until the cows come home. Really. <laughs> okay. But this thing about, all, about forgiveness and gratitude. And so we're talking about all of these tactics that you can use to support yourself in this journey of life and living that life. Um, but... You also have to forgive yourself when you just stay on the couch all day. I have, I, you know, I can, I can talk to you all day long about how I work out and I do this. Some days I'm on the couch and it's me and Netflix and yeah, and that's that. And, and so I'm dealing with me on the couch and my thoughts about, fuck, I'm on the couch. I can't get up because depression is real. Everyone to some degrees or different degrees, either experiences depression or sometimes they deal with chronic depression, what Mm -hmm. have you. But depression is real. It's a real voice. You know, it's a real physical feeling that literally will keep your ass on the couch. But the one thing you won't, you can experience it, but the one thing you don't want to do is, is to beat yourself up for being depressed. You're a human being. As human beings, we are susceptible to depression. This world is fucking crazy. You know, sometimes depression is literally your body and your mind and your spirit trying to work through some shit right now at this particular moment that is now taking Mm. your day away, (laughs) you know, but God willing, you will have another day. So forgive yourself. Don't, you know, don't, you know, say, fuck here, I go get a fucking waste of day or, you know, I ain't do shit. I told myself I was going to do that shit. I ain't do shit. I ain't shit. You know, don't that inner dialogue is the repetition that shit you don't want. You don't want to keep repeating that inner dialogue because you're telling your brain, oh, I ain't shit. Oh, I ain't shit. I ain't shit. It's because you spent the day on the couch. What you should do or what you can do is say, I'm blessed to have a couch. I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have a roof. And this is going into gratitude. I'm blessed that at this moment um, I'm sitting I'm chilling on the couch, but I'm not in any particular physical pain. So I could get up from the couch and then 
go to the bathroom and take a shit and go right back down to the couch. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, as I'm on the couch, I still have ideas rolling through my head. I can choose to write them down, whatever. It's like they're even within the deeps, the depths of despair, where it's easy to slide into I ain't shit because I ain't doing shit this whole day. If you are grateful that you have what you have, that can start eating away at it. You know, and if you develop, and I'm sure we've all heard this a million times, the, the practice of, of, of the daily practice of gratitude, simple gratitude, like I have two arms and two legs. I'm an able-bodied mm-hmm. human being. So I take all the things you take for granted. I can walk to the door. I can see. Yeah. I can hear. You know, what is it if you can't hear or see? You know, and if you're not a sighted person, I can walk or whatever the, whatever the, I'm alive. <laughs> I'm alive to figure it out because I, I could not be alive to figure out shit. This just be it, you know? So there's so much to be grateful for. And what that does is again, it's a, it's a practice of repetition. Your body's like, like, it's almost like this is how the mind works. We develop language. The mind understands that the word gratitude means this. Um, and so when you, when you say this word, release these chemicals. You know what I mean? This is, this, you know, this is what gratitude means in our language. And when I say that I am blessed for being an able-bodied person, or I'm blessed to be able to read, I'm blessed, you know, so I can find any information I want out. I'm blessed that my water is on and it's hot. I can wash my body. You know what I mean? Those little things trains, it, it releases chemicals. So if you do it enough, or even do a little bit of it each day, little things. You know, even when it's hard to get out of the bed, it's like just place one foot on the ground. It's like, I'm grateful that I was able to turn my leg around and put yeah. this foot on the ground. Stand up. I'm grateful that I can stand the fuck up. That you're telling your brain, release chemicals, release chemicals. Get me, come on. What's the next thing? I got food in the fridge. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's and that's why that practice works because it's 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 science really. It's not even hocus pocus or or oody booty oody. It's I'm sorry. It's you know it's 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 actual you know science. The brain is trained. You're training the brain. You know, so that's the difference. You have to forgive yourself when you just your day isn't this perfect idea of what a day should be, or you didn't check everything off for your checklist. You know, write less things you got to do. Don't give yourself ten things to do. Do three things. Be happy with two things. You're moving towards something. You're creating yeah. momentum. Forgiveness and gratitude so I important. And I think that's important too because I did have a day yesterday where. I spent the whole day on my laptop and didn't write nothing. Right? I checked every social media. I checked Twitter. I never become Twitter. <laughs> I ain't tweet nothing. I'm just scrolling, just being ridiculous. But because I didn't like really pour the negative energy on myself from having that day, that break. I woke up this morning, was knocking it out, right? <laughs> I just allowed myself that time <laughs> to, to just have thoughts float and not make that mean anything to myself. Like not make it, definitely not making me anything yes. negative. And I think it's, it's so key when we're talking about, especially um, just self-care in general, that 
we develop a practice of being kind to ourselves. Because mm. you're a kind person. Why not be kind to yourself? You want other people to be kind to you. Why aren't you, of mm. all people, kind to yourself? You know, and you you made a good point. I wanted to catch up because I got I had to write it down because I'll forget it. Um, time. So okay, you spent a lot of time one day doing absolutely <laughs> jack shit and giving social media all your energy and blah 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 blah. You didn't beat yourself up. Just fucking it was one of them days. But the, and you get shit done. But the next day, it's almost like getting mad shit done. And and like time is like this times that I ain't done shit one day and then the next day. What I got mm-hmm. done in two hours amazed me. It's almost, it's almost like time just stood still. What I thought I was on the computer for hours, it was only two hours, and I got all that shit done. My creative juices were flowing. So it don't have to, even though it's great if you have a daily practice of putting something down on paper or whatever your art, again, whatever your art is, putting something towards it. But even if you don't, it still is your shit. And trust me, you will, time is all relative. You're going to like kill it the next day or even maybe a couple of days from now, you know? Sometimes that's just how it is. You don't have to be on point every single day. Though some people are like that, and you know, God bless them. <laughs> you know, and honestly, a lot of people who are like that, they've generated enough momentum in their life where it's almost their brain just works that way, you know, because they have repeated the same thing over and over and over again. They've developed so much momentum in their life, it was like every day they just on 10, you know. But even those people have their days where they on negative. <laughs> you know what I mean? People only show their best side on social media, y'all. They don't show you the, right. the binge but, days. That's what balance is. Like, you not like push yourself uh-huh. either to the point of produce, 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 that you do not allow yourself to rest, to, to relax, to laugh, to enjoy your life. Like, yeah, you got a deadline. Get to the deadline joyfully. Like, not so stressed mm-hmm, out that mm-hmm. you clawing across the finish line, barely breathing. <laughs> <laughs> and still can't appreciate that you even got there. You can't even appreciate that you got there. And, you know, I was talking to I was talking to some uh uh some folks in my uh in my chanting group, you know, and it was some younger folks and and we were talking about how hard it was for them to literally appreciate the things that they achieved. Like taking no time, you take all your time and all your energy to do something, you get it done, you check it off your list, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. No time to say, oh, time out. Right. I just did that shit. That I thought that would take me forever, took me half the time, or I didn't think I had it in me, mm-hmm. but I did it. And to not give yourself that time to appreciate and truly receive what you've given yourself, that's, that's the, that's, if anything, right. that's the sad part. You know what I mean? That's the sad part. Because that means you didn't even, you weren't even present while you were doing it. You didn't even find joy while you were doing it. So it's hard for you to find joy once Ooh. it's done. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I'm talking to myself, baby. I'm talking to myself, too. <laughs> but that's, you know, what I think is the most important part of this process um, of self-care is tapping into um, those things. Well, first, holding yourself accountable <laughs> for self-care. <laughs> sure 
that you make that a part mm-hmm. of your life and your regimen. And then using that time when you are in self-care, whether it looks like, you know, taking a long bath or like really whatever, or whatever those things are for you or up until your physical and um, your your um, eating habits and and your emotional well-being up into your production, um, the things that you create in the world, wherever those opportunities for self-care lie. You hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. to creating those spaces. And I'm going to say one last thing before we bounce. Um, another thing is don't, us talking about self-care, we're sharing this. I think it's also a healthy practice to talk openly about mm-hmm. self-care with other people. It's kind of like you, you when you teach and reach, you also that's also a part of self care because you are also out loud reminding yourself and your mind and your spirit that that's what you're about, and it becomes. And I think for everyone else, it's out there. I think a lot of times we don't talk about self care out in the open, you know. So it's hard for us to actively seek it for ourselves and for others. You know what I mean? To seek the health care. So whether that's seeking it like, fuck it, what can I do? Is there some other regimen? Maybe this, you know, exercise thing isn't for me, but that's for me. Or maybe this kind of exercise is for me, but maybe mm-hmm. yoga's for me. Or maybe that's for me. You know, you don't got to always go with the Joneses. You got to find what's right for you. Okay, there's no, you know, uh, one size fits all as far as self-care. And it's not always one thing, you know, so you got to actively seek out what is the thing that you're going to stick to, that you're going to that that's really that you're really jonesing um, um, with that makes sense for you. Um, And also when you when you actively talk about self and that also I just also want to just give a nod out to people who you know if you're dealing with mental health issues whether that is like uh anxiety um myself I deal with ADD it's like if you take the pills you know what I'm saying you could t- <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think there's a lot of shame that comes along with uh, medication. I also believe that you should balance that out. Don't be so dependent on medication. That's the only thing you're doing. I think you need to support yourself and, and again, with exercise or what have you. Um, so your life is is kind of diversified in all your self-care techniques. But if you feel you need that extra push, you know, you know, human beings, we're kind of smart. We, you know, we make some smart shit, like some certain pills, you know, and it gets, you need an extra, <laughs> you need an extra push. There should be no shame in doing that because this ain't about no one else. This is about you. So that's why when you, when you, when you openly talk about self-care regimens and taking care of yourself, you take the shame away from yourself and you take the shame mm-hmm. out of other people's opinions. You know what I mean? So it's really, really be mindful of shame because that shit will fuck and you I, all the I, time. I dealt with that a lot because, you know, I'm a, a mother and how could I take time to do mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah for myself when this needs to be done and that needs to be done and the kids need lunches for school tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. And I had to realize mm-hmm. in my relationship with my children and my relationships romantically and my relationships with my friends, I cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm. like just that if I do not have time to refill myself to make sure that I have all of the things that I need emotionally and and physically um that I cannot do anything for you nothing now I can't do it well that's for sure right (laughs) I had to learn to change the way that I looked at that and to say that I pour from my overflow 
Mm, ooh, that's so, oh, love how you said that. Right? And so I'm not giving you my, my, my last and I'm sitting here struggling because I gave to you. I'm filling myself up so much that I have extra to give. I am giving from my overflow and not from a, a place that leaves me, you know, at a detriment. Exactly. Because there's no honor in that. Mm-hmm. There's no honor in that. Awesome. Um, and some people think it's an honor. And I'm talking to some of your activists out there that you give, 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 and you allow people to take, 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 take for the cause and neglecting the number one cause, your self. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you either here or not, you know. Um, and so just be mindful of that as you do your work, your art, what have you in the world that you, like Red said, you're doing it from a place of abundance. You're, rather, you're sharing it from a place of abundance. Yes. All right. Love you it. Know, love it. <laughs> okay. With that being uh, said, I want to you know remind you, uh, you all again that we are always here. Um, for you guys, we talk about whatever on every episode, but we also love to hear from you. Um, if you um, are dealing with whatever aspect of life you're dealing with and you just need some clarity, some perspective, some straight up advice about love, sex, love, uh, whatever, love, sex, love, life, you know, all the shit that makes life. <laughs> We've lived a little bit, and so we're, we're with that, we're hoping that we can um, support you. Um, in this thing called life. So just holler at us at thegayaunties at gmail.com um, or you also can holler at us um, on Instagram at thegayaunties. Yes, and so with that, I am Red Summer. And I am Hanifa Walida. And we are your gay aunties. Talk to later. you later. Later, babies. <laughs>